What is up, good people of YouTube? We're back at you on another Good Thursday. Welcome in to SSPN. Go Spurs, go. Chant it in the chat if you're excited for this upcoming season. Me and Ethan are pumped. We've been at school, but we've been texting all week. There's been so much Spurs news. I mean, we've just been so excited, Ethan. How pumped are you after just the week that we've had, the things that have been said. We're going to get into it more a little bit, but just as a general starter, how pumped are you after this first week of Spurs media and Spurs training camp? I'm extremely excited, dude. Like words cannot describe how excited I am to finally see some Spurs content on our Instagrams, on our Twitters. We have footage of these guys practicing. We have interview footage and all these questions and answers that we're getting. It just it keeps me it keeps my energy going, it keeps my blood flowing and it makes me so excited to actually see what this team is capable of. Man, get your blood flowing. That it's like you said that, and I could feel my blood yeah. flowing because Ooh. it is it's basketball season, it's Spurs season. I'm so excited. And I couldn't or I would be remiss if I didn't remind you guys to go follow and subscribe to Spurs Tube TV at Spurs Tube TV everywhere. And the main thing that I feel like I forget to plug a lot is SpursTubeTV.com. Any of our merch, if you'd like to get some, is on there. There's also some Spurs Film Room merch as well as some other stuff. So go check out all of some great Spurs content getting back in. And Ethan, what's up? And also, just like and subscribe to our channel, too. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> like definitely. Our individual channel. <laughs> I forget about that. But yes, yes, please like and subscribe here if you enjoy our content as well. And follow us on Twitter if you want to stay updated at Ethan underscore Quintero. I know the underscore isn't in there, but that's what the space is. Didn't allow it. And then, of course, just me, my name. But anyways, Ethan, we got an easy start here. Updated height and weight. That was a big thing that maybe we weren't expecting because I felt like last year all the dudes shrunk. And then now this year, we have like a ton of different heights and weights. And you can see that a little bit on what we've got here today. And that is the Spurs training camp roster. I know this is in front of our face, but we want to kind of show you guys. Um, <laughs> look at you. Yeah, I need to go over here. Out. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, we need to stop, Mister. But yeah. uh, anyways, so. As you can already see off the bat, Lonnie Walker up to 6'5", so grew an inch. And that's one of the things that we've talked about on this show is that men do grow until they're 25. So a lot of these younger guys are getting their last growth spurt after being drafted, which is insane to think about. But Keldon Johnson, also an inch taller. I thought it was interesting that he was 10 pounds lighter as well. Um, Derek White, the same. DeJounte Murray, back up to 6'5", which is ironic because it was like he was there earlier in his career, and then the NBA came in and was like real heights, and then the next year he grows an inch. Um, we got Drew Eubanks up to 6'10". I know that has been a big topic on this channel uh, with him being undersized. It seems like he's grown a little bit. We thought that he looked taller in the picture. It turns out that we were right, Ethan, so we're happy about that. Um, Doug McDermott at 6'8". I thought he was 6'7", so that's nice to see, and he's listed as a forward, so it looks like he's going to be playing the four a lot more. Luka Samanich up to 6'11". Once again with Luka, we just got to see him play, but you know more potential there with more height. Jakob went down to just seven foot, um, but Jock Landale up at 6'11", and I think Trey Jones might have not been 6'3 before either, and, no, we talked so. of, and we talked about in the summer league how he looked a lot taller, so a lot of upgraded heights. I didn't mention Devin Vassell on there as well, but he got upgraded from 6'5 to 6'7". Um, 
So that was a huge upgrade there for the Spurs in height and weight all across the roster. And Josh Primo got moved. He got moved down to 6'4", even though his draft prospect was 6'6". Like, I, it was weird. But now he's back up to 6'6". So we are, we are getting the height that we drafted, not what 2K tells us. Um, and the NBA rosters did for a second. But all good news for this young Spurs team, Ethan. But the first thing that we got to talk about is this whole summer... On all of our episodes, we've just been talking about what are the lineups going to be? Who's going to play? God forbid, is the starting lineup going to be Bryn Forbes, DeJounte Murray, Al Farouk Aminu, and Jakob Pertl? I don't even know. And Thaddeus Young, right? Were we thinking all these vets were going to come in? We didn't know what was going to happen, but we are so excited after Pop's comments. And Ethan, I'm going to let you take it away. Uh, tell us what that man said. And basic, basically what Pop said was that, don't worry, all the young guys are going to play. He listed names like DeJounte, Derek, Devin, which I was very surprised and happy to hear, Keldon Johnson. Uh, he, he went on, who else did he say, Jim? I'm it, was, it was those main five. So it was, it was DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, and Devin Vassell, which yes. was very surprising to me. Um, it Basically, he's, they're doing what we wanted them to do. We yeah. thought that it was going to be veterans all the way, but at the end of the day, Devin Vassell, you know, they're doing that little Spurs story for him, and, you know, we've seen that in the past, and then guys haven't got on the court, but then Pop comes out in that interview and says that. This is huge. Last year, we were like, why isn't Devin playing? And now we're getting confirmation that he's going to get consistent minutes. But the more interesting comment between all of that, because when we hear Pop say that, we're like, okay, we get that. We got to see what these guys have. They have talent. But the other thing, and the more intriguing part, is that he says, and everybody else will fill in here and there. I think the identity of this team, Ethan, is going to be a lot of juice and a lot of energy all the time. That's what he said. He said we were going to pick up the tempo, run with a lot of pace, get up and down the floor, and keep it simple with a lot of ball movement, something I was very excited to hear. So there's not going to be a ball-dominant score, so we're not going to have a veteran take the ball out of their young guy's hands and just decide, you know, I'm going to get a bucket. There's going to be a lot more off-ball movement. It's probably similar to what we saw back in 2014 because we don't have that all-star or superstar talent. Um, So we're just going to let these young guys run and gun. But at the same time, DeJounte Murray said, we're not going to be out there wilding. We're like, we're actually going <laughs> to, we're actually going to have some structure to our offense, but you know, that's still a good sign to see that we're going to capitalize on these young legs and athletic bodies that we have at our disposal. Yeah. Another big question was Bryn Forbes. You know, we've confirmed that he's going to be coming off the bench. He says it's going to be a different role, but he's also mentioned that he's really excited to play here. He said that he did get a couple offers. I know that we joked on the show like, oh, maybe he didn't get any and that's why he's coming back. But he said that he got other offers, but he just really wanted to come back and play with these guys. So I think that's a testament to the bond that Bryn built with guys like DeJounte and Derek for him to want to come back and play with them in a team that's really going to be led by them. And that's going to be a big topic that we get into later in the show. But that was good news to hear from Bryn. And I think that we're all glad that he will not be in the starting lineup. <laughs> yes, thank God. But at the same time, Pop did say there will be a lot of lineups. From night to night, we could just completely change the starting lineup, completely change the bench unit. And like you said in our text messages, we might run 12 men deep. We could have a really, really yep. deep rotation. Yep. Um, so... You know, maybe he will start occasionally, but uh, it's just exciting to know that we don't have like a fixed set. This is what we're running and there is no flexibility with what I'm going to do. It seems like Pop's excited to kind of manipulate the roster and, and um, you know, experiment here and there. 
Absolutely. And I think the other cool thing is with him, the news of him coming off the bench and the confirmation of that is that that tells me that Lonnie Walker is going to be the Manu role. Like that yes. he's going to be the guy off the bench in days that he doesn't start um, in the starting lineup. What's good, Eric? Good to see you in here. Um, but the other thing is when it comes to Lonnie is on the depth chart, if you notice, he's only listed as a guard. So, I mean, maybe there'll be some nights where he'll start and they'll put in um, Derek White in the starting li- or in on the bench. I have no idea. Like you said, Pop really left that up to a lot of ambig- ambiguity. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if Lonnie's listed only as a guard, I would assume that he's probably going to be that six-man type of guy. But the important thing is, is he's going to get that chance. He's going to get that opportunity. And he's going to have a shooter like Bryn Forbes next to him to help space the floor. Um, and I'm sure, depending on what the starting lineups are going to be, maybe there will be a time where Lonnie's out there with Bryn and Doug. Um, and so with Lonnie driving to the rim with all those shooters around him, I think that's really going to help him out uh, in this year. That's a that's a big year for him. And another thing during this media day is Lonnie's talked about how he still thinks Pop is the greatest coach of all time. He's given the Spurs a bunch of praise. That doesn't sound like somebody who's going to try to go get a big payday to not pay Keldon Johnson. It sounds like somebody who would take a pay cut to continue to play with Keldon Johnson and DeJounte Murray. Now, I know that's far out, and Lonnie's got to get his bag to take care of his family, but everything that we saw in media day kind of hinted toward that, which if he's really leaning into that six-man role, he'll probably take a pay cut to, to stay with the organization. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Ethan. That was a little out there, but I, the interesting tidbits from Lonnie. I never know when it comes to a guy's checkbook. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I will say this. Their chemistry is off the hook right now. Like These guys have formed a brotherhood. I'm talking about Keldon, Derek, DJ, even all the way down to Devin and Trey. Like They, they seem to be really connected, and, and they do stuff with each other on and off the court. And like you said, the vibe from training camp so far has been really, you know, special. Like these guys, I know every year that every team starts off like very gung ho, like we're going to win the championship, but something seems a little bit different here. They kind of have a chip on their shoulder, but they're also humble at the same time. And they seem like they're just having a great time being in the same room together. And that's always exciting to see from your young core. And that's something that they've talked about um, in the interviews as well. They've talked about how, like the chemistry that these guys have off the floor is awesome. I think Keldon mentioned it might have not been Keldon, but I think he mentioned that like they're not big party guys, but like they love to go out and just eat together, just go out to dinner and hang out. Like, and that's something that you love to see, um, especially with the new guys. That's already happening. They're bringing them yep. in, and you know, shout out to you, Alexander. We appreciate you being in here. Uh, but another thing that kind of coincides with all of that that we didn't even have um, in our outline, and we'll get to some of y'all's question here is the hiring of Manu Ginobili as the new development guy. I forget his exact title, but I think that's going to be awesome. And remember when I sent you the picture of him playing ping pong when they were out there and, and it wasn't, it hadn't been announced yet, but I was like, Hey, Manu was there and it wasn't even on their main page. It was on like the place that they went to's page that posted about it. So I'm sure the Spurs were trying to keep it on the DL at the time, but he's already been interacting with these guys and, and, you know, building their relationships and building them as men off and off on and off the floor and somebody like Manu uh, to have around and everything Pop said about him as well. Uh, you know, we talk about losing Timmy. I think that Timmy's role when he was here might have been like what Manu it, it's Manu's job, if that makes sense, because I think that Manu's a little bit more outgoing, you know, and yeah. I think that he just fits the duties of that roles more 
when it comes to his personality. And Eric, yes, we are actually still at 17 guaranteed contracts. We're at 17. So once again, um, let me pull this up. So right now, the only <laughs> the only one is Joe Wieskamp. He is the only two-way rosters, uh, roster spot. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yes. So, seventeen men on the roster. Two people going to get moved slash cut. Um, and that is a topic that we're going to get into a little bit later. But we wanted to talk about two other guys on the team, specifically post players that have been impressing us on and off the floor ironically we were just talking about how the spurs are trying to build dudes on and off the floor well the dude on the floor who's been killing it is jock landale specifically Jakob pertle came out in an interview and said he's been giving us a lot of spacing on the floor and the way that they're playing with this pace it's really helped playing with guys like Dejounte, trey jones lonnie walker whoever he's running uh these full courts with but the way that he's been able to space has just really changed the offense, it seems like, with what Jakob said. And he's just been really impressing for somebody who's technically a rookie. Obviously, we know this dude's played Olympic basketball and just won the MVP in a professional organization. But it still is an adjustment to the NBA. And so it was awesome to see that um, and hear about that from Jock Landale. Um, we had talked about how potentially he might get some minutes this year, but after hearing this, I mean, what are your overall thoughts on him on the team and his prospects for maybe playing? Uh, maybe playing, uh, I think it's still a little bit of a stretch simply because of the guys in front of him. I mean, maybe it'll happen quicker than we were estimating. We we thought it maybe around all-star break, he might start getting a little a few minutes here and there, uh, but it could happen a little bit sooner. Um I like Jacques Landale's addition to the team. I think that everyone has been impressed with him based on the leap from Australian basketball to American basketball hasn't been as drastic as I think a lot of people were expecting, including me. He seems to have come in immediately and figured out kind of where he fits um, on the basketball court. And he not only can he stretch the floor, Jude, he's also a big physical presence. You know, a lot of times when you get a guy that can stretch the floor, he's pretty lean and he can't really, you know, bang bodies down low. This guy has the ability to get down and dirty with the rest of the big boys. Pause. Um, and at the same <laughs> time, at the same time, chemistry wise, he seems to just kind of, you know, go back and forth with these guys with ease. I think he was there, Alexander, at the party when they all went out and we saw that video of them having a good time. He's already hanging out with the guys and he's already in open gym and he's running, you know, full court basketball. It seems like he's really found a niche here with San Antonio. If you watch his interview with ESPN Australia, I know I've mentioned this like so many times on the show, but the vibe that I got from the first time I was watching him is I was like, oh, this is a fun dude. And he's also a guy that I feel like he would be somebody that, you know, can you can banter with. Like he's somebody that would poke fun at you, but he only does it to you if he likes you. You know, like that's just his way of like I could see him and DeJounte like talking smack to each other. But like at the end, you know, dapping each other up. You you know what I'm saying? Like that's the I think the jock just kind of brings that like kind of I don't know, alpha vibe. I don't know how to explain it, but. Yeah, well, the Australian team's um, always been edgy, too, so yes, it could just be an exactly. Australian thing. We He's can think just about got Joe that Eagles. juice. He's just yeah. got that, like, IDGAF mentality, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I-, I love to see that from Jock. And look, dude, at worst, this just means that we have a ton of depth at the center position. That's all this means. And he yeah. and with his shooting ability, probably means he can play the four, too. So I know they have him listed as a center on the roster, but you never know with injuries, you might have to do that. So 
I mean, a very versatile player. Great news on the signing. Um, and the Spurs knew what they were doing. There's a reason he wasn't a two-way. 100%. And Jakob's impressed with him. And if Jakob mm-hmm. can come out and say that he's impressive, you know, that says a lot because Jakob's fighting for his starting spot. You know, yep. there's a lot of centers trying to take that spot from him on the roster. Yep, exactly. The fact that it came from the starter he should started, tell you something. Yeah. Yep. Nick, what's up? We appreciate you being in here. Um, the next topic we had, though, was another post, and that is Thaddeus Young. And this kind of ties into our topic that we're going to go into after this because it seems like most likely Thaddeus Young is going to be a person who gets moved or cut or something like that um, because of his comments. Ethan, I'm going to swing it to you on this one. I know that Thad mentioned a lot about just kind of how he understands where he is with the Spurs and his situation. Um, so what are the things that really impressed you that he said? I want to start off by saying respect to him for being a professional. He shows up to training camp. He says the right things. He's very cordial, very complimentary of the organization. And he's putting in work with these young guys and trying to be that veteran presence, despite, I think, knowing that his time in San Antonio is very limited. Um, All that being said, I don't know how we would move him, but I hope we we do right by him. I hope we don't just cut him. I hope we try and send him to an organization that he can actually win with. I mean, ultimately, I think he fits the roster. I think he could really have an impact on the team. And if we can keep him, I mean, I think we should because he's still a great player. And like he's so far, at least, he seems to be getting along with the young guys and being like a, a, a great mentor to them. Um, but ultimately... He's probably going to get moved. Jude, I could see that happening. Him and Al Farouk Aminu probably. Um, but respect to him. He's he's done it right. And uh, I, I've always liked him as a player. Yeah, I've always liked him as a player as well. Just the, what he was saying, like there were multiple comments where he basically came out and said, hey, I'm not trying to take anybody's shot. I'm, or excuse me, shot. Anybody's spot. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not and it was specifically Keldon like he told him I'm here to help you I'm not here to take your spot I'm here to make you a better player I'm here to help all of these young guys for as long as I'm here and in the comment he said with me and Brian uh sat down and talked um Brian Wright is in the GM and RC and pop and they all sat down and were like hey this is probably what our situation's looking like we're just going to be real with you and he understood and he's like I'm just going to come to work every day and work as hard as possible and so the fact that he's just trying to give these young guys as much knowledge, like with the limited vets we have on the team now, and the fact that like he literally has no guarantee, like there's nothing, he's not really going to get much back out of San Antonio other than really like, you know, I mean, I'm sure like he'll enjoy the time he spends with Pop and stuff, and that'll be pretty cool, especially near the end of Pop's career, but really he's not going to get back like what we get out of him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he's just being completely selfless in this situation. So shout out to Thaddeus Young. We were joking about it. I said Thaddeus Young might be like the shortest term spur, but like the most beloved short term spur of all time. Like of any of the spur people that came in here for like just a little bit, I think Thaddeus Young is going to be at the top of the list for Spurs fans love after those comments. So it seems like because he literally came out and said it is what it is, you know, depending on whatever happens, happens. It's like, that tells me this dude feels like he's getting moved. So for sure, it seems like him, but also I wouldn't be mad at keeping him either because he's a great post presence. I know that his three-point shooting took a dip last year. That's the only negative, but just the veteran presence in the locker room, you can't put that on a stat sheet um, and his effort and hustle in the post. 
um, with height and physicality is something we need as well. So Mm -hmm. where Luca is lacking, he has, you know, in excess of, yes. Um, So he's like that perfect complimentary piece. If Luke is falling apart and we need to take him out of the game, throw Thaddeus young in there and we're perfectly fine. He doesn't need to score. He's going to play hard nose defense, get rebounds and battle inside, which is why I like him so much. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. So getting into this topic of, of who gets cut or traded, are, are we, so we're for sure we think Thaddeus, if we had to place a bet, if we had to put money on it, we would, we would be <sighs> if most I had to put likely, money on it, yes. most likely Thaddeus Young will get moved. Okay, that's something that I think we can all agree on. Um, and then that second spot, I know you mentioned Al Farouk Aminu. That's probably who I'd go with too, just the two of those, both of those guys from the, um, from the trade. But the interesting thing is, is I think really they're going to give that final four spot because that's what Alfred Camino plays, right? Yeah. It's going to be a competition. And this is something, there's a chance, Ethan, like, and I know, I think somebody said this last week, or maybe it wasn't in in last week's episode, but do you think there's a chance Lucas Samanich gets cut if he's just bad? If he comes out and he's just terrible, he's getting worked by Al Farouk. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he's just he just is still deer in the headlights, G League, you know, player, right? And that's no like that's not even a I'm not even trying to say that that's a bad thing. Once again, this is like his third year playing American basketball. But if he just gets worked, do you think there's any chance they cut him, or do you just think that they're gonna they would rather risk it? And maybe it's not even that they'd rather risk it, but it's more likely that, that they just believe in him more than other people. I, I don't think it's likely that he would get cut. Um, I think if anyone other than the two that we've mentioned that's likely to get cut is uh, Keita Bates-Diop. Okay, um, yeah. That, and that's what I was getting into, is that it's basically a competition right now between Lucas Samanich, Keita Bates-Diop, and Alfaruk Aminu. And that's where the interesting part comes in, because... The appeal that Kieta Bates has is he's the same size as Al Farouk and he's eight years younger yeah. and a more consistent three-point shooter. Do you want so, to hear my hot take here, Jude? Yes. In all honesty, if you ask Ethan, it's you release both Al Farouk Aminu and Kieta Bates Diop. Unless Kieta Bates Diop all of a sudden is like way better than we think he is, I would much rather keep Thaddeus Young on the roster than him. Uh, and have him kind of mentor Luka Samanich a little bit. But I also don't think that's likely, <laughs> only because the Spurs like to keep you know their what, guys. You, you know. know what I, th- you know I think is going to happen? Um, and I don't. I know that Kieta Bates signed the contract. I think there might have been a clause in his contract um, that like allows it to be a two-way. I may be just totally Ooh. making that up in my head, but I want to say that in the contract he signed, Okay, this is from September. Yeah, okay. Now I'm on NBC Sports. So it was a two-year contract, but now he has to make the roster. Um, so this is not a two-way deal, it looks like, because Woj's tweet so. was, forward Kieta Bates-Diop is returning to San Antonio on a new two-year contract. He was on a two-way deal last season. So that yeah. that that makes me feel like it's not... Um, but yeah, now, wow, I'm actually reading this and they they bring up how Wieskamp's on a two-way deal and how he doesn't have to worry about how his roster spot is more solid than, than Kieta Bates's. So, interesting. Interesting stuff. I could see Kieta Bates um, getting, getting cut, but I also feel like 
if he he took on the challenge because there was stuff that came out that said that um that he basically he he signed the contract knowing he had to make the team yeah so that means he's going to come in playing as hard as possible so maybe al farouk aminu beats him out but i feel like that shows something to the spurs that he signed that contract not a two-way knowing he had to beat somebody out and to prove that he was good enough so if he does that i think he'll make the team <laughs> yeah i like him a lot i hope he can stay on the team i'm just like from a basketball perspective like who would help that is yeah that is young, be young but at the same time no matter what happens at the end of the season i'm that is young's gone he's only he's on an expiring deal he's popular is the thing too like yes. other teams would love to have him so we can probably get we might get more out of the Thaddeus Young deal than we do the Demar deal. <laughs> like, mm. like, like well, the, we the might, problem is we, we might can't. get more value. Like, it may only be picks, but like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know we got two maybe. picks out of that trade, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was a little bit of a stretch. But we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, a lot out of Thaddeus Young for what Thaddeus Young is. I think that we'll get we'll get a good deal for him, and hopefully send him somewhere uh, that he likes, and then. Tavarius said, I thought they could not cut him since he just signed. Yeah, uh, from this article I looked at, the headline is Spurs signed Kieda Bates Diop to two-year contract. Now he has to make the roster. Um, and there's a lot of news about that um, as well. We can't cut Bryn Forbes and people like that because we just signed them. But we can cut Kieda Bates because he's, he signed after we had a roster over 15 guys if that makes it's sense. it's a non-guaranteed deal yes yes yeah. exactly exactly so um what was the next thing that we had on the list so you think so that's actually interesting so al farouk aminu and kieta bates diop do you think that <sighs> this is so tough because i just i think it all just depends on the market for yeah, when it the depends move is. on what we, we can't can we can't predict like they could cut two people keep that and then trade them later so that's actually a really good point because I know I know like five minutes ago we just said if we had to put money on it, it's probably Thad. But now that we're talking about it, it's like, is it though? Is the it, reason is I say that is because what he what he said in, at the in his interview, and also I think that the talks are still ongoing to try yeah, and move him. I don't they think are. they've given up like trying to move him. Um, I think it just depends on what we can get exactly, at the end of the day. and I think sending him to a place that he wants to go to. Because yes. with all this stuff that he's saying, it's obvious the Spurs are working with him. So to be honest with you, that doesn't sound to me like that's going to happen by next Monday. Maybe it does, but I don't know. The way that things have been going, I mean, maybe he gets moved to the middle of training camp, but I don't know. Mm. I just don't see it. I feel like it's going to be a, a trade deadline thing but or mid-year, closer to that. But maybe I'm wrong. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. But um Tavarius says Thad Young can be moved on October 2nd, so he can't be moved right now. You know, all this front office. Yeah, we don't even know. It goes over our head. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? At at some point, Thaddeus Young is probably going to get moved this season, and if he doesn't, he won't be on the team next year. So shout out Thad Young for being here while he is. Um, But with all of that being said, we talked about how at the beginning of this, Ethan, that we feel a lot better after all of the news that just came out and the way that the guys are talking, how, how it feels like it's just different. It doesn't feel like it's just a, you know, hoopla of, oh, everybody's like, like you said, we're going to be real gung-ho, we're going to win the chip, you know, it's all this hope at the beginning. It's a little bit of that. It definitely is a little bit of that. 
But after hearing them talking, hearing how DeJounte sounds specifically, realizing that DeJounte Murray is the longest tenured spur on the roster, that's something that's crazy for me to think about. And that Derek White and DeJounte Murray are really the two leaders of this team. And which is, again, I know that's we've known this, but like now that we're really like in camp, it's like, oh, wow, I'm seeing highlight videos like it didn't hit. It didn't hit me until now. We'd been talking about it the whole time. But now that it's really here, it's like, this is crazy. DeJounte Murray, who I remember coming in in like the Warriors series because of injury and not sure what I was going to get from like, I remember when DeJounte Murray could, couldn't shoot a three to save his life. You know, and now he's the probably the most talented player on the team, arguably. So it's just crazy times, Ethan. But but it all feels good. It feels like this is this is it. This is their time. You know, not we're not saying championships or anything, but I don't know. Maybe this team could this the more that I'm hearing from this team, they seem a little feisty. They got a chip on their shoulder. And when you have that, I think you have a shot to get in the playoffs. What it is for me is the confidence, but not confidence that's in your face. It's like under the radar. They're kind of keeping it like they feel it, like they know what they're capable of, but they don't have to tell you. You know what I mean? They're, they're just like, yeah, we're going to come in. We're going to do our job. We're not going to be wild. And uh, I like our team. I like the guys on the team. They talk about def- uh, DeJounte talked about their defensive ability. They have a lot of lockdown defenders this season. Uh, their shooting got a lot better. You know, there's not a ball-dominant guy. There's nobody that's going to stop the ball. As much as I like DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay, they're ball stoppers, you know? I mean, they're good at it because they're great ISO players, but they're not going to catch it and just immediately pass the ball to the next guy. They want to get into that mid-range area, you know, do their thing and hit a jumper. We don't have that guy anymore. Um, so, So it's weird. We've lost talent. On paper, we've gotten worse, but we potentially could have gotten better because of how Pop likes to run his teams. Um, so it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this team, the other thing about it is when you talk about that ball movement and that pace, like that's a completely different style of play. And the other thing is, is once again, when we go back to that, like other guys are going to be filling in, like we talked about it, we may run 12 deep with the way yep. Pop was talking about the things we're hearing about Jock Landale. I mean, when Zach Collins comes back, he's probably going to be in the rotation. I I would assume maybe not, but I I think that he could get some minutes. We're going to have a lot of depth is the point. I mean, look, we're we're not even playing Trey Jones. We saw how he played in the summer league. I really truly believe he could play right now as a backup and compete every night against any backup point guard in the league. Um, Obviously, you know, you make some mistakes as a young player, but that's what's going to happen with this team in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to see that all year. They're, they're a young team. Where I think we're going to see less mistakes, but, but we'll still see them. Um, but like you said, the way that they pass the ball, the way that they're going to be able to move at the same level. Like I felt like the older guys, they weren't able to move at the same speed as when Keldon and DeJounte and Derek are all on the floor together and they're running with Jakob Pertl and, and Doug McDermott or somebody. Like, that's going to be just such a completely different team. And I think that in the beginning of the year, kind of similar to last year, some teams are going to get popped in the mouth, and then they'll probably adjust later in the season and get us then. But I don't know, dude. This team has a lot of nasty to it. Devin Vassell says that Spurs fans better be ready for a new Devin Vassell, and then Pop is saying he's going to get consistent minutes. Like, we might have multiple dogs on the floor. Like, yeah. 
there's a lot of excitement because we've seen it with Lonnie this whole time. If he can just put it all together, he is a fantastic player and an explosive athlete. And Devin Vassell, I mean, the sky is the limit with him. We just saw what he did as a rookie and the way he looked in the summer league. If that can somehow translate, he's going to be an elite player. And we know what Keldon Johnson is, an, an Olympic athlete. And then we already know Derek's the healthiest he's been in a long time. And DeJounte says this is going to be the best year of his career. And I see all in the comments. Shout out to that. We're going to address those. Um, but the other thing about that dude, when we talk about DeJounte, I mean, he went through a lot this summer. A yeah. lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and he came out and said, this is going to be my best year yet. But I think that at another level, oh, I, I'm not talking right. DeJounte has gone to another level mentally. And I don't think that that is necessarily by, you know, of his own control. But sometimes when life throws things at you, like you, you really, it changes you. And losing your sister like that, I know he's lost people in the past, but still like that was like his last family member, I'm pretty sure. Or I think his mom might still be alive or she's in jail or, or something like that. DeJounte's had a rough life. So for that to continue to happen, like, I just, I really think, like, it's sad, but I really think that that is going to take him, like, the way he carries himself, you can tell it's different. If you watch the media interviews last year, the year before, he's more, like, fun-loving. This year, he's all business. And he knows that he's probably the guy. He's the main ISO scorer, really, on the team. You know, Derek, I've talked about a lot how him being better than DeJounte and all that. But the other thing about Derek is he is he is more of a shooter. And because of that, he's more of an off ball player. So DeJounte is really going to be our ISO guy. And if he and to answer kind of what I've been seeing, I think DeJounte for sure has the highest chance of anybody on the team to be an all star. I think Derek could do it, too. But with the way what DeJounte has gone through, the work that he puts in, the way that we've seen him being able to just easily get a bucket mid-range against anybody in the NBA. I mean, we saw that multiple times last year. It's going to be very interesting to see how he looks like. And we haven't even gotten into a healthy Derek White, but I'm going to let you talk, Ethan, because I've been ranting. <laughs> You're good, man. I agree with you about DeJounte Murray having a standout year, a career year, a possible all-star caliber season, because there's nobody else that will dominate the ball at all, like we talked about. But at the same time, you know, it could prove negative because now we really, like we talked about this whole time, nobody's really going to have the ball 100% of the time, kind of like we did last season. Everyone's going to share. So that could negatively impact individual stats. Like DeJounte might not be able to get those individual stats that like, like, to like get a shake to an all-star Alexander. game. Yeah. Yes. But his impact will be at an all-star level. 100%. A guy that can defend any point guard in the league and at the same time has the ability to get to the rack. If he can be aggressive this season and get inside the paint, you know, his ceiling is endless. And I'm very excited to see that from him. And Lonnie Walker, I think, is the second um, most likely to have a breakout year simply because he kind of disappointed last year. So he has nowhere to go but up, in my opinion. Um, and I liked that what I saw from him this offseason. He seemed to be really focused on defensive improvement um which i'm excited to see because lonnie wasn't a bad defender but that was definitely one of his weakest parts of his game so at least he was self-aware enough to realize okay i gotta work on x y and z to improve next year because i'm gonna be that Mondo ginobili um so if he can you know deliver on that you know he could be a six man of the year candidate in my opinion that's his yeah 
Yeah, I agree. that, And, and we're talking ceilings, right? This is if everything yeah. goes perfectly. I mean, but I really feel that from DeJounte. I think he's just going to have a crazy year because he went through a lot of BS this summer and he's just going to get to play basketball. Um, so I think that's going to be super fun to watch. But I also think Derek White. But, you know, you're, we're talking about all this and I think that we should just take it from the Spurs themselves. There's going to be like, everybody's going to have a breakout year. That's like how everybody yeah. feels. That's what they've said. But I think really, we just need to go back to the five guys that Pop mentioned. DeJounte, Derek, Lonnie, Keldon, and Devin. Those are the guys that are really going to be the key components of this team. And if those guys can play to the top of their abilities, I mean, we've seen all of those guys, except for Devin Vassell in the NBA, but everybody else, we have seen DeJounte Murray take over a game and win it for the Spurs. We've seen Derek White take over a game and win it for the Spurs. We've seen Keldon Johnson take over a game and win it for the Spurs. Check the Cleveland Cavs game when he had 23 and 21. And we've seen Devin Vassell in the summer league. I know that's not the NBA, very different, but still he has the ability to be its team leader. And we saw that in the Jazz game. So all of these guys have that takeover ability. Um, and playing them together is obviously going to be awesome and bring out, you know, like the shooting ability uh, of Vassell and stuff like that. But all those guys, man, you have four dudes. That's yeah. four dudes. And I know that sounds crazy. And a lot of people be like, oh, I won't believe it because they're not marketable superstars. But those dudes have proven it. So if they can do that consistently or maybe even not consistently, but every once in a while, you know, one of those guys has a night like that. We're going to win probably at least 30 games. Um so oh, yeah. I think we can easily win 30 and, um, and Noah's talking about our defensive um, potential. And I think that's just a given. So it really just comes down to the offense. And if those four dudes can be like that and play to the best of their ability and be much improved and have that chemistry together, it's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Two things for me to kind of cap off this conversation. I think practically if I were to put money on it, I would say that the Spurs have a chance of getting to the 10th or ninth seed this season if everything went well. However, from what I've heard from training camp, what I'm hearing from these interviews, and what my gut is telling me, I think we have sleeper potential to kind of creep into the playoffs at seven or eight, mm-hmm. like legitimately. Because if I we agree. do play team ball, if nobody has like a, a tantrum and says, I want to have the ball, it's my time, it's my team. If nobody does that and Pop you know, re, uh, reincarnates his 2014 playbook, We could see the Spurs creep into that playoff spot and be a surprise to a lot of these teams in the Western Conference. And my second point, I want to shout out my man Ethan (laughs) Longoria in the chat. Uh, Eubanks is definitely our lob threat, 100%. I think his role will not decrease at all. I hope it – I mean, increases is debatable because we have so many centers on the roster now. Uh, I think it will stay the same. But he, you know Eubanks. He's going to roll to the rim. He's going to jump for that ball. He's going to throw it down. He's definitely a He's 6'10 threat. now. Yes, he is. Yes, <laughs> he is. He's a big boy. He is a huge boy. I'm excited to see him. And then also shout out to Noah. Eubanks, three ball. If it's there, he'll be a Montrez Harrell type. I could see that. I could see that. Maybe a little bit more of an athletic Montrez Harrell because Montrez I is see, like 6'7". I see that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Eubanks is taller than him. Um, but yeah, and that's why it's interesting that he's listed as a forward slash center. That tells me that his three point shot has improved. I don't think they'd be listing him there if he couldn't shoot a three. Like, I don't think that they would consider playing him at the four. So yeah. that's awesome to see. We haven't even mentioned that. Um, so that should be good for you, Banks. Um, yeah, I think Tavarius, Derek's talking about Tavarius, it too. All right. All right. Let's address this. Let's address this. 
let's address this. Eubanks needs to be waived. He is so undersized. He does the things Jakob could be doing. So, look, my guy. He's 6'10", so he's taller than we thought. And I think, and he grew. So he's, he's not as undersized anymore. He's yoked, too. Yeah. Um, and he does do the things that Jakob could be doing, which is why we like him. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't really see how he's undersized anymore. He's not. He's not undersized. And the thing, Tavarius, Tavarius, you want you want Thaddeus Young to play center? That's the definition of undersized. Yeah, six that's eight. two inches smaller than Drew Eubanks. Yeah, and come on, like, brother. And 30, 33. Nick, we love you, though. We appreciate fuming. you being in here, brother. I'm not fuming. I'm used to it at this point. Tavarius <laughs> is always going to trash on my favorite hey, player. It's just, but it's just okay. how it is. We yeah. all have different opinions. Right? I'm glad he's here. I'm glad <laughs> yes. he's here. Well, you Ethan know. must be fuming, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> You know my man Eubanks about to average a double-double off the bench. It's just a fact. He's going to average 10 and 10. Easily. Easily. Hey, this, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but just want to highlight this from Guillermo. Shout out to you being in here, my guy. Everybody grew. We mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of the show when some of y'all might have not been in here, but there were a ton of different height changes. I mean, Devin Vassell's 6'7", Keldon's 6'6", Lonnie's 6'5", DeJounte's 6'5", Derek is 6'10", or not Derek, Drew is 6'10". Mm-hmm. Um Doug McDermott, 6'8". A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes are a lot taller than we thought. So yeah. uh, Lucas, 6'11". Yes, Lucas, 6'11". Yep. Um, so great to see that. Um, let's see what you got here, Noah. We appreciate you being so active today, my guy. Jakob, yeah. if anyone, I think should be gone. He's very good but doesn't bring enough energy. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. But I think it's also cool that he's talking about Jock Landale. Because with him talking about Jock Landale and specifically talking about his energy and the juice that he brings to practice when they're running, you know, open court fives, I think that's showing Jakob, hey, I do need to step up. I do need to be more aggressive. And I think that that's really going to help him. And the other thing we mentioned is Jakob lost five pounds. But if mm-hmm. you look at a picture of him, he looks bigger in the chest. He looks like a player who will be playing more physical. Obviously, we have to see this happen. But with the comments that he had about Jock Landale, playing against him and drew eubanks in the post and open court he's gonna have to play physical so i hope that he gets better there obviously we have to wait and see i understand your concern but we have some positivity on the outlook Mm -hmm. um criticism of his offensive game is completely warranted because he has trouble holding onto the ball and his aggressiveness yeah his hands lacks uh but defensively like my man mace is saying he is still one of the better centers in the league as far as defending the paint and that's just straight Um, up yeah, and so yeah. like like just objectively speaking, he's still the best center we have on the team until proven otherwise. So he's gonna he's gonna stay on the court long term. I don't think he's staying with the team long term, but as far as this season goes, one hundred percent he's staying with us. So Nick's with us one hundred percent on this one. Like we all agree that Jakob is a great defensive anchor. He's basically like our mini Rudy Gobert. He's obviously Rudy Gobert light. You yeah. know, not like just keeping it one hundred. Um, but he does need to match that energy. But bringing in a guy like Jock Landale, maybe this was the whole plan all along. Maybe Pop and then we're like, all right, we got Drew Eubanks. Let's bring in another one and be like, hey, dude, if you don't play like this, this dude's gonna take your spot. Bring in another one, another <laughs> Drew Eubanks. There's only one. I mean, it, well. It, <laughs> He's like, yeah, he's the goat. And, and this this was a little bigger and can shoot. Hey, Drew Eubanks is the goat, bro. I don't want to hear none of that. <laughs> Drew Eubanks is Blake his, Griffin, his, bro. Hey, his poster, look. He, <laughs> he's 2013 Blake Griffin. Look, like, that's his 100%. peak. 
That's not and I still got, is... I still got it. Y'all, y'all see it right there. You can't see. It. You also see my pit stains. I don't know how that happened. I literally just got out the shower before the show. But right here, right up, right up. Because your takes are so hot, dude. Yes, there we go. And that's the Drew Eubank signed poster. Uh, go to some other episodes to find that. And Jakob's contract, Guillermo, yes, it is very team-friendly, which is nice because if for some reason Jock Landale takes his spot, we're chilling. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that will happen. But, hey, if it does happen, um, that would be huge. Here's some other comments from Noah. Jakob is very good when he's emotionally invested. I I, because I've seen times when he's not, but when he gets pissed off, he'll smack some stuff, right? Mm. Um, invest in the game, like when he blocked Harden on the buzzer beater, but can be lackluster at times. Absolutely. Here is another great question, Tavarius. I know sometimes we disagree on Drew Eubanks, but <laughs> this is something that is very interesting. Forbes is going to play because we just saw the interview today that came out that was talking about how Forbes is going to come off the bench. It's a new role, but he will consistently be coming off the bench because we do need shooting, right? But I would really like to see Trey Jones play too. He's another guy who grew two inches maybe. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't remember if he was 6'1 or 6'2, but he's 6'3 now, and he looks huge on the court. Played phenomenal in the summer league. Basically carried us, backpacked us. Yeah, but, you know, but I can't be mad at, at bringing in a vet like Bryn Forbes coming off a championship team shooting 45%. We need shooting, especially when it seems like Lonnie is going to be the ball handler. I can't be mad at it, but hopefully we'll get some Trey Jones minutes. And that is the other promising thing that while I think Forbes, I agree with you to Forbes is going to be in front of him. We're going to see more of the guys who aren't in the main rotation than we would any other year. Because once again, going back to Pop's comments um, about how, look, it's going to be those main five guys and everybody else is going to fill in. So I think that we're going to be able to see some Trey Jones this year. I think we definitely will. I want to go back just real quick because we had a couple questions about Luca. We had a, Noah said Luca's going to be a beast. Someone else said, you know, talk to me about Luca. What's his role going to be? Uh, so what are, you, what are you thinking about Luca Samanich? How do you think it's going to play out? I think it all depends on what goes on these next couple weeks in training camp. We were talking about that, like, you know, potentially him getting cut. Maybe that was a little crazy to go off up there. But, like, it, it just all depends on on if he's developed. Like, he, we just got to see it on the court. I don't really have a take for Luca because I just need to see that he's not deer in the headlights. I, yep. need, I need to see something of a 17 pick. He needs to be comfortable at all times. You know, and look, if you, if you get beat some plays on defense, but you give effort, that, that's cool. Like, that happens. You know what I mean? But to where you don't even know where to go, you don't know where to be on defense or offense. There were there were some other times, and, you know, I was watching some other highlights because I, I talk, a, like, I feel like I just remember all of the bad stuff with Luka when there are some good highlights of him running lanes well, being a spot-up shooter, playing some decent post-defense, especially against Zion. There's a whole film breakdown that Rob did on that. But it's just making those things the norm and not the little spurts that we barely see. So we got to see how he looks in preseason, and then maybe I'll have a little bit of a better take. But I think that he's somebody that the Spurs still believe in. Otherwise, they wouldn't be bringing him back. So hopefully he can just reach that ceiling. Um, yeah. But at that's kind of my take least, on him. Yeah, at the very least, he's been bulking. 
he's been getting in shape. He's been working on his game. So he's not like uh, Ben Simmons and just kind of doing absolutely nothing during the offseason. It actually seems like he cares, which I'm happy to see. I think it really just comes down to confidence. Um, so it's going to, it's going to, training camp is going to be really beneficial for him because of the amount of power forwards we currently have on the roster. He's going to have to go up against Thad and Al Farouk and Bates Diop and all these dudes. And Land he, Jock, Land, Jock Landale, maybe you, and you know, Jock's going to talk mess to him. <laughs> oh, 100%. So he's going to be banging. Um, but I think he has the potential to be a really impactful player because he does a lot of things that we don't have. You know, as much as I love Thaddeus Young, not much of a shooter. Luca can shoot. As much as I love Drew Eubanks and Jacques Landale, mobility-wise, they might be a little bit uh, less, you know, progressive, <laughs> I might say. Uh, yeah. Like, Luca, Luca can really run around the perimeter. He can cut yes. with the best of them. You know, he does a lot of those things that we really need on this team. Um, so if he can just get his confidence up and get some minutes under his belt, I think, you know, he still has a really high ceiling. I just hope that we can actually give him some playing time. Yeah, and I think Tavarius made a great point. I popped up him and Noah's comments there while you were talking, and it's just he needs consistent minutes. Like, after yeah. he makes, even if it's a horrible mistake and he just looks terrible, just leave him on the court. Like, you got to let him You gotta let him play through that because that's the only way you're going to be able to build his comp, uh, his confidence. So I, I agree with you there, Tavarius. It, he did, that, that did kind of screw him up. There were multiple times where he started last year, and then yeah. they just took him out 20 minutes in because they were like, we can't play you. Like, how does that make you feel? You know what I'm saying? And But we have heard some other comments throughout the summer, um, I think from DeJounte specifically, like praising Luca. So yeah. there should be some hope for him, and I forgot about that until just now. And so if those guys are talking good about him, I know they have to because it's his teammate. But like the things that he described, I can't remember exactly what is off the top of my head. He wouldn't be like he was describing specific things and he wouldn't be describing things in that detail if it wasn't like legit. So um, hopefully hope hope for Luca, right? <laughs> hope, hope Luca. Remember that we drafted Luca Samanich 11 picks before Kelton Johnson. Ooh. So hopefully he can become something. <laughs> but in the good crossed. news, we have Kelton, who is an yes. Olympic athlete like two years in. So. He's a pretty good consolation prize. Now, we've been talking about Thad Young, and I love the appeal of Thad, but here, here is the question. We just talked about Luca. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier. Uh, I think that Thaddeus Young is very likely to be traded. Um, he said that basically what he said was he was in conversations with RC, with Brian, right and with pop and they're trying to get a mutually beneficial deal done as soon as possible he's still being a professional he's showing up he's being a mentor he's doing everything right within the spurs culture uh but he is definitely in the way of lucas ominich um so that is another reason they might be trying to move him is just because they want luca to get more consistent minutes which i am okay with and i think a lot of these questions once again will be answered in believe it or not guys uh one two three four if you want to count like four and a half i guess you could say four and a quarter days until spurs basketball monday we have a preseason game and this question i think specifically will be answered then because we're gonna find out because if thaddeus young say i mean they may not play thaddeus young anyway because he's older so maybe this actually isn't that good of an argument but in the regular season if this was the case maybe they play they just bench thad young the whole time 
and he's just kind of there working with them and is that third string guy if an injury happens and they play Luca over him just because they know that Thad's getting moved. Maybe that's a possibility. Um, maybe not, but that could be something that we might potentially see. So we'll have to tune in Monday. I think definitely this preseason, Luca will get a ton of minutes. If he doesn't, yes. then that tells us something. Um, so that's another thing that you can watch out for Luca. Obviously, watch his tape when he's on the floor, see how he looks too. But if he's not getting consistent minutes, then it's that should tell you something also. But let's see. We also got Keldon at the three or th- the four from Tavarius. Um, I think he's going to play both. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier. I'll pull it up one more time for some of you guys who have just got in. Um, so here is the roster for training camp. And Keldon Johnson is listed as a guard slash forward. So I think he'll be playing a little bit less for this year, which I think we're happy about. Um, but we're also happy that he's an inch taller. And he is somebody that can play three positions. He can play the two, he can play the three, and he can play the four. So, I mean, if you have a 21-year-old who can do that, who likes to dunk on people and then yell at them after, play aggressive yeah. defense and you know just attack the rim like an animal you're you're just happy to have him yeah i would rather him play the three um but we have so much versatility on the team and with pop saying that the lineups are going to change drastically pretty much from night to night he's definitely going to play both i mean think about it we doug i think he's going to play play all three in all honesty because when we play the rockets i think kelvin will probably play the four probably yeah so We'll see what happens. He'll probably play both. But like I said, I think he could play three positions. We know for a fact he's going to he's gonna be playing guard, which is something yes. he wasn't doing last year. So they're definitely moving him down a little bit, which we've been talking about all summer. We think that's a good thing. Um, let's see what we got here from Noah. Once again, appreciate everybody in here in the 100%. stream tonight. Uh, who do you expect to have a better season of threes, Devin or Lonnie, or are both going to have increased roles? He meant of the two. Like, who's yeah, going to have yeah, better? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm for sure with Devin Vassell easily. I think that coming into the league, he's a more natural three-point shooter. I think he's still a more natural three-point shooter. And I think with another year under Chip England, he will continue to be a better shooter than Lonnie Walker. But once again, every single year, we have seen uh, DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker get a little bit better at threes with Chip England. So with that being said... Lonnie was an, you know, about an, a little bit over an above average three point shooter last year, percentage wise, or am I just forgetting that? I don't know. Point He's is from who I don't care about the percentages and other people can say that they do. But what I care about is I watched Lonnie Walker's shot and I could tell that it was better and it was going in more and the numbers as well. So if we just say he gets it up to about 37, 38, that is like top tier, you know, like that's close to 40%, which is you know, like an A, you get an A for shooting, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I think that he's going to be a little bit better. And even though I think Devin, yes, will be better than him at shooting threes. I think that he will still be um, effective from that area and be even better than he was last year. So first of all, also he had a um, injured wrist for a majority of the season last year. So that could also have contributed to his below average shooting. Yeah. Which was still not bad which was still improved yeah also (laughs) dude that question was asking who's gonna have a better season not who's gonna shoot better of the three wow wow i totally missed that i can't believe that Uh, i I didn't want to interrupt you because oh no no you should have you should have well okay let's go back to that so who who do you who do you expect to have the better season of the three okay or of the two yeah yeah so 
Oh, wow. See, that's a completely different question. Yeah. It changes so, wow. I'm sorry about that, y'all. Uh, that That's great because they do the whole sport Spurs story on Devin, but Lonnie's in his restricted free agent year. I'm going to say Lonnie. And the reason I'm going to say Lonnie is because of his role off the bench. I think Devin Vassell is going to be playing off ball of Lonnie Walker more than Lonnie Walker is going to be playing off ball of Devin Vassell. And yes. so because that's Lonnie's role, I think that he will do better because he'll have a more, like a higher usage rate. Um, but I also just think he's older. He's had all that BS he had to deal with. He's probably heard all of it and seen all of it on social media. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to come out and run this bench unit. And I'm going to look like I did when I was playing the Rockets. Uh, not every night. But, you know, I'm going to get you an efficient, you know, 17 every night and run your second unit with a lot of juice and... I think that Devin will be shooting threes off of Lonnie's uh, athletic drives to the rim. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, objectively, <laughs> Lonnie has a better season overall if we're just looking at stats. But Devin has the chance to have just as high of an impact because of his defensive ability and his ability to shoot and move off the ball. Um, we should go to Alexander's question. He's yes, he asked this one. earlier. Yeah, yeah. so... Okay, so this is a very good question um, because I've been like toying with some Spurs lineups in my notes um, whenever I have free times, trying to figure out all these different combinations we could make, especially after Pop said that, you know, there's going to be so many interchangeable lineups throughout the season. This is something that I've thought about. Um, and I think with Jock's shooting ability, you can just play Drew at the four regardless. Who cares about his shooting? Like mm-hmm. Jock can shoot. Um, obviously we need to see it in the NBA, but for reference, if you guys don't know, he took six threes a game in the NBL and shot 39%. So pretty good, pretty good shooting numbers there. Um, especially from a post. And of course, the first thing we hear from Jock or not Jock, but from Jakob, uh, in that interview, once again, going back to that is that the biggest asset of him coming on is not just the way that he runs and the energy he brings, but the way that he's spacing the floor. Um, so I think that this could definitely be a combination depending on who we're playing. If we're playing uh, a team that has a lot of height, I could see both of them coming off the bench for sure. But with all of that being said, I think that this this if that does happen, I think it's going to be later in the year just because once again, going back to the whole Spurs culture thing, Jock's just going to have to come in and, and do his thing and get antiquated, earn his stripes, and then he'll get the PT. I think it depends entirely on how Luka Samanich plays. If he's playing well, he's got that four spot locked down. And for now, at least, Drew has the backup five locked down until Jock decides that, you know, he's way better in pop season. He puts him in the game. (laughs) However, if Luca's playing very badly and he's still making all these mental errors and Pops just wants to yank him out of the game, I think Drew at the four and Jock at the five, you know, it's it's a pretty good combo. It's a pretty good one two punch in our front court. because if, if Luca's not playing well, you've had three seasons to play well, my man. It's Jacques' first season. Yep. Let's see what he's made of. You yeah, know, that kind of and thing. he's a proven player in like Olympic basketball. And, and you know, you could say that technically he's a more proven professional basketball player than Luca is, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's something that I definitely could see a possibility, Alexander. And thank you for asking again, because I saw that earlier. We didn't have a chance to get to it, but it was something that I, I wanted to talk about because that's a lineup that I've thought of as well. Um, another thing that we're seeing here a lot that I know you guys have been talking about that we haven't really got to is our defensive potential. Ethan, just what are your thoughts on our, our defense overall? I am 
very excited about our defense. We've gotten a lot better since last season, in my opinion. I mean, um, people talk about DeMar and Rudy and Patty. We lost those three players. I don't, I don't like criticizing these guys because they did so much for us last season. But we got to be honest, they weren't great defenders like overall. Um, so those three are gone, and we've improved pretty much everywhere. Our, none of our guards, except for Bryn, are bad defenders. Like, really. And none of our forwards are bad defenders except for, um, what's his name? McBuckets. So our team as a whole has just improved dramatically. And we're so long, and we have more height now with Drew and Jakob and uh, Jock Landale and Zach Collins. Like, our potential on the defensive side of the ball is just through the roof we're right bigger now. too we got yes. a bunch of 6 11 7 foot 250 dudes now and defense is all about chemistry and our chemistry is off the hook so yep. like everything <laughs> points to a incredibly talented defensive team this season and i think this goes um straight in to to what eric says right here shout out to you for for popping in uh, an hour in here we appreciate you i know we we tried it so sometimes i feel like we get to the end of the stream and that's like when people start joining so yeah, tr- yeah, i try real. to keep keep it you know answering these questions but regardless of that um, what do you expect from the Spurs this coming season without Demar, Mills, Gay, and Lyles? Um, I like how he. I, I like. Lyles. I like how. He, yeah, yeah. I think that Trey Lyles is the most important loss. Yeah. <laughs> Did he I, get a contract? Isn't he on like the Pistons? Uh, I think he's in the Pistons. <laughs> I, I think the Pistons signed him. That was, yeah. That's like the most. I was like, yeah, that 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 seems like. No hate to Trey Lyles. I really saw a lot of potential in him, but uh, just that's just unfortunate. <laughs> that that is like where you would go after being cut by the Spurs. Just, Pistons probably the only team that will take you. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, going to this question. So we talked about this a little bit, but this kind of just goes into the idea that me and Ethan, you can correct me, but I think we're in agreement here that DeJounte Murray and Derek White are probably like ahead of where of like what we've seen because they've had to be behind these guys. Like we haven't seen what they've been doing in practice. And that was one of the other things that DeJounte talked about in his interviews is he's like, you know, you guys are asking me right now, like, Oh, you know, what are your new leadership responsibilities like? And I feel like I've been a leader for two years. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I think that he has been, obviously I think two years ago, he was just a vocal leader last year. I think he was a leader on the court, and, you know, a vocal leader personality wise as well. And now this year, I think it's really just going to be combined with those guys out. So I just think that I, I think that Derek White and DeJounte Murray are going to be guys that are going to average close to 20 points. I think Derek or not Derek, excuse me, DeJounte probably has the most likelihood of, of going up to that. You've mentioned 27 and seven multiple times, Ethan. I think that that is a, a very easy progression um, that we could see and realistic. So I think that this team, because of the way that they play and because the style of play kind of matches, it, it, it lines up throughout the roster. It's not like you have Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, you know, et cetera, et cetera, who play fast and play with pace. And then you have DeMar and Rudy who are ISO mid-range scorers, right? You have everybody playing with place, playing, playing fast. And this is the idea that maybe this team even though we lost while on paper, we got worse on the court. We got better because of the chemistry, the energy, the defense. I mean, like you said, really the only bad defender that there's probably two bad defenders we have on the roster that are going to play consistently. And that's Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes. But the thing is with those guys is you take it because 
every two that they give up, they're going to shoot it. They're going to hit a three. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's cool with that. Um, so I'm with Tavarius. He also just said, can't wait for this season. Um, last season, DJ looked pissed when popped called plays for, <laughs> for DeRozan at the end of the game. Yes, we're going to get ISO DJ, and I can't wait to see it with all those 20-point scores and everything like that. So, Eric, I think the main thing is, is we think that there is a chance that they're going to be better, but they're probably just going to hang around where they were uh, before. I always look at the game against the Suns that where we actually absolutely blew them out last season. I know it's a small sample size, but to me that was just a taste of what we're capable of when there's not a ball stopper on the court. Because DeMar didn't play that game, Patty didn't play that game, and Jakob didn't play that game. And my man Eubanks went nuts. Uh, <laughs> but our team played with such cohesiveness and everybody was on the same page and we just picked them apart with great crisp ball movement and and really phenomenal Trey Jones went Garrett crazy White. in that game too. Trey Jones yeah and Luke Luca played well even though he got yanked I think he played okay um he played better than some other games that he was yes. in there yeah I don't want to overhype how he played <laughs> in that game because y'all are gonna go look it up and be like bro this guy got like four points but still <laughs> just like watching the game he he, he I felt like he knew where he was supposed to be a little bit more than it was better than it had been <laughs> yes Yes, that is that is the that's the perfect way to say it. Uh, but go look at that game. Go look at the highlights of that game. I think that that if everything goes well this season, that's what we're capable of. Because it also take that roster that we won that game with, add a couple great shooters, add a couple great defenders. You know that's what we've got going into the season. So I'm very excited to see what what's going to happen. Going up to some other comments that we may not have addressed. Um, I saw this earlier, and this is once again back on the Luca conversation. And I think this is a great question for you, Ethan. Uh, who do you think will post more? I think he means like post up. Like who's going to get more post touches? We've seen Drew. You know, you know he's got that. He's got a lot in his post back. But but we've also seen a lot from Luca in the G League highlights. And if he could get. I say that and I just get disappointed because we've only seen it in G League highlights. And he looks like a monster. He looks like the most, like, like, I don't even know, perfected post player in NBA history if you go watch his G League highlights. But when he comes on the floor, he can't do anything. And it's like, what is this? Usually the G League translates. We've seen it with Keldon, DeJounte, and Derek. Why won't it happen with this kid? Yep. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Well, to answer the question, I think Drew will post more than Luca. Yeah. Um, because he has shown me in the NBA that he can actually hit those shots from the post. You know, if, if I mean, I know Tavares doesn't like him, but just go, just go watch Drew's, uh, post game, uh, post highlights in the NBA. I mean, the dude don't miss. He don't miss <laughs> from those hook shots, bro. He get left hand, right hand. It don't matter. Hakeem Eubanks is what I am seeing. But at the same time, Luca has the ability and people are going to be mad at me in the comments for for saying this because it's just an outrageous comparison. But how he scores reminds me of Kevin Durant a little bit um, because of his size and his ability. You know, he's got a little he's, bit of a handle for how and big he's he is. lengthy. And he he's is lengthy, little, and he's a little thinner. You know, not uh, he's get. We see he's gotten a little bit more chest, but yes. he's. I, I get. I know it's outrageous. You're not trying to say he's Durant. Yes. It's but just but how it's, he likes to score. Is yes, their body type is similar too. He, he, he has that great ability to kind of pull up in that mid-range game, give a guy a little shake and bake and kind of pull up. He's got that in his game, but he's also a much better driver oh of the basketball than I think people are getting. And this is something I've actually seen him do in the league. Yes. I mean, not often, but like that is a successful thing. I've seen him drive on dudes and get a bucket. Yeah, that's true. 
So that, that's where I'm going. I think Drew would post up more, but he actually just commented again. He meant to say, well, Luca play more than Drew Eubanks. Ah. Uh, if we trade Thaddeus Young and if Al Farouk Aminu's not on the roster, then probably. Um, just yeah. because he will need to play more at that position. And if that's the case, he's going to play more. And I think there will probably be some scenarios where Drew, because they want to do this juice thing where they just want everybody juiced, uh, they may throw in Jock Landale for like five minutes off the bench just to have like an energy guy in its center at all times, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's another thing that once again, all these, this is a little bit of speculation. All this will be answered, you know, on Monday and in the coming games. But with everything Pop's saying, it's like, it just seems like we might run real deep um, and just have guys having energy at all times. Um, But I want to go down to some of these other questions. I know Jinji's in here. You talked about Manu. Um, I wanted to, we mentioned, we did mention that a little bit earlier. We're just excited to see, um, you know, him working with the guys on and off the floor, getting guys like Josh Primo, Joe's Wieskamp uh, implemented in San Antonio, helping them out, going to Austin and back, stuff like that. Um, And yeah, we're excited to see that. Um, But are there any other questions that you see in here, Ethan, that um, are intriguing you right now? I'm trying to see. I just see mainly comments. Devin was a monster in the Phoenix game. Um, this season should be great for Spurs fans. Watch party for the preseason. Hmm. 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 Monday when is night? That? Mm-hmm. Is that Monday night? Yes. I might be able to do that. I don't work. If you're down, I'm down. I'm down. We could do a watch party for that. You're not signed up for anything for Spurs Tube TV, right? I don't think so. Let me yeah. let me check real quick. Let's do a live <laughs> I know you check. said you were you were signed up a little bit. Um, yes. And here is another question from Eric. Uh, and we're going to get to some other ones. I see you down there, Diamante. Um, I'm sorry if I'm (laughs) completely butchering that, my guy. Uh, but anyways, are Derek White and DeJounte Murray, the backcourt duo to build around? I think the Spurs have already answered that question for us. And there was another video that came out today from pop. And I can't believe I haven't mentioned this until the hour and 10 minute mark, but he came out and basically said like, let me find this before I say all this and it's not true but i'm because it's almost hard to believe but basically he was saying that everything that the spurs have done is calculated like this whole setup for this roster like him brian and rc have all been like planning this for the roster to be set up the way it is since like the whole Kawhi thing and 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 damar and everything kind of probably like you know late last year but i want to see if it was on the spurs account it was a video where i saw it um oh here it is yeah it's purposeful okay so i'm not going crazy if you guys go to the spurs twitter page i'm gonna actually see if i can post the link here in the i don't know if you guys will be able to go to that um but i should i just posted the link in the chat i think so yeah they can click on it okay yeah so y'all click on that and you'll see it says one team one purpose we move together but if you watch it i'm just gonna read the captions right now it says this is purposeful um we this is purposeful what you're seeing and these are pops words it was put together uh yeah put together with a lot of foresight and a lot of discussion with brian with rc with the coaches it's purposeful it's super exciting i mean we got i'm I'm trying to wait for the captions to read here we got a bunch of guys that are trying to make a name for themselves anyways point is they've been trying to get these guys in this type of roster that are hungry, they have some, some nasty, they got some attitude, they got some dogs, right? Yeah. And basically, this is all pre-planned. 
And I think that they wouldn't have given DeJounte Murray and Derek White the biggest contracts on the roster if they didn't believe that they were the backcourt duo to build around. So that's kind of where I'm at. I wasn't necessarily um, thinking this before I heard these interviews, but once I did, it really gave me a lot of faith to see that, like, what they've done. Basically, all they've done, like, now that I look at the roster, is they got a bunch of dudes who can play really fast, and now they've got shooting to, like, they they already had the pace part, but now they have the space part. So this should work really well. <laughs> like <It's> I, good. <laughs> which is insane. Like I, I did not have this outlook like two days ago or three before this week started. It's Thursday already, but yeah. we just needed something to go off of. That wasn't our like, you know, fantasies yeah. like that. Now that pop and everybody are talking like it's get us pumped up. I'm so excited. Yes. Yes. Um, and Tavarius, I would prefer to see Jock over Yock because he can shoot threes. Yes. Um, just that NBA experience thing, I think, is probably what will keep Jakob on the floor. Um, and his defensive prowess. This is a really good comment from Noah because I don't feel like we played like we did in the bubble last year. Maybe for a little bit, maybe like in the Charlotte game right before COVID hit. That's like the only time, and the Phoenix game too. But we didn't play consistently like we did in that eight-game stretch. And I think a lot of that eight-game stretch happened because we had um, some injuries. I, was Rudy hurt during the bubble? I can't remember. No, he was there. Patty didn't play, and Demar played the four. Keldon played the three. Yeah. Um, and Derek was not injured at all. He so I guess the difference was Demar was playing the four instead of Keldon playing the four. Yeah, and it did seem in the bubble like we were playing. Um, there was less ball stopping. Like there was yeah. le- like Demar th- th- last year. Demar had his. You know, his ISO touches. We we all knew that. So I don't know. But continue with what you're saying. No, yeah, I was I was basically saying the same thing. I think we kind of reverted back to letting Damar and Rudy and them kind of have their isolation plays. Plus we kind of got off to a weird start because we Lamarcus was Shout playing. Yeah, Lamarcus was playing, and then we had to kind of fit him into it, and then that didn't work. And then we lost Lamarcus, and Derek got hurt, and it kind of felt like Damar maybe felt like he needed to do that to will us to victories so we kind of we just never had a consistent play style the entire season you know what i mean yeah too much watching the old guys eric you put it perfectly so we should not be watching as many old guys and the older guys that are on the floor are going to be snipers so you got to be happy with that you got to be happy with that well, Ethan, I think that this this wraps up this this SSPN live stream. I forgot to do this at the beginning, but I'm going to show you guys because y'all are OGs. I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode so you can kind of see us through it. You can see us out of it. But that's a little cool thing that we had. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys being in here once again. Um, please tell us uh, if you have any requests. As usual, you can hit us up in the comments. Hit us up in the DMs. If you want any sort of content, you want a video, um on a certain topic please let us know um and we will do our best to oblige alexander appreciate you my guy we appreciate all all of you guys that consistently come back each and every week and another thing that we're going to be doing which we don't usually we haven't been doing because we've just been back at school adjusting to new work responsibilities stuff like that is clips we're going to start posting more clips um so i know sometimes you know you can't you, you just don't have the time in the day to listen to an hour and 15 minutes but we can get you some clips of our topics that will be happening soon. So we appreciate all of you guys showing out. 
Um, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace.